1: Hot. good to have you all along with us i'm ollie Kay and i'm joined by my co-host ian how are you getting on ian
2: really good mate really good you yeah i'm not
1: bad at all looking forward to duking it out with burnley tomorrow and with us as always is producer matt how are you getting on matt
0: yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks, Ollie. Had a nice long trip up and down from Everton at the weekend. Glad to get the three points. But yeah, looking forward to tomorrow as well.
1: I'm sure there were tons of roadworks and, and accidents and traffic collisions on the way back. I hope uh the the Walt pod space helped you on your way
0: back. Yeah, it was it was actually a really emotional time, actually. There were tears shed as well. It was genuinely Quite a lot of emotion built up for the first victory. It was, some people said, kind of reminiscent to obviously the win down at Wembley, but a little bit different. But yeah, no, it was a, a really, really good day.
1: I'm delighted that you clarified the tears were about the victory. I thought you were just really worried about getting in the car with Phil. <laughs> but let's jump straight in and have a look back at the Everton game as well as all the other news around Kenneworth Road this past week in our news segments. I heard it through Rowan's Grapevine. So let's start with some one word reviews. I think we hit over a thousand across Facebook and Twitter. Uh you know, as Matt said, it, you know, first win in the Premier League, first win in the top flight for I think it was 14,800 days. Pretty nuts. Um, so, some of the one word reviews we got Linda Crick, fan blooming tastic. Andrew Wishart, needed. John Odell, together. Russ blackaby onwards. Peter Brennan, historic. And then there were so many brilliance, winners, incredibles. So, which one of
2: those stick out for you, Ian? Probably the one where she sneaked in forwards. Van bloody tastic or whatever she said. Um, it it was pretty much that, um, it was a, a typical Luton town performance. If when the first win was going to come this, this season, it was going to be in that fashion. Um, and as, as Matt said earlier, um, yeah, there was loads of tears and stuff in the, in the stands. Apparently, um, it's been a long time coming, you know, it's, it's like a, a, another little weight off the shoulder of Luton town supporters. Um, from years of ups and downs, you know. So, and obviously, all the added scrutiny that's been on us and Burnley and Sheffield United to win our first game, we've we've got that off our back relatively nice and early, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, it was fan bloody tastic. Oh, it really was.
1: And uh, if we look back at the Everton game, the numbers say possession: sixty eight percent for Everton, thirty two percent for Luton, but we are Luton. It's not like we need the ball. And this is the first time since the Chelsea match where we haven't posted the top XG in a game against West Ham, Fulham and Wolves. We carved out the best chances, but we didn't win. Here, Everton came out on top. They posted an XG of 2.90 compared to our XG of 0.89. However, this does include Calvert-Lewin's goal, which was literally a scramble pretty much on the goal line. It had an Xg of 0.96 meaning, so to clarify what Xg means. So an Xg of 0.96 means 960 times out of a thousand, that chance is put in the back of the net. Everton's folly in front of goal is indicative of why they are here and have been a total mess over the last three seasons. They are in a relegation battle. Let's face that.
2: Yeah, 100% they are. I, I've said this on numerous pods. You know, I was looking forward to this game because in all of the uh, the teams that are in and around us, they've been the poorest, apart from the, the last week. I know they had a couple of good games, which was good for them, but they've been very poor. Uh, but in terms of, you know, the, the underlying stats there and, you know, not being quite uh, the same as the West Ham, the Chelsea's, et cetera, I th- the underlying stats were always there for us. Um, as I said before, even though this was a very good performance, it was a different performance and it probably wasn't our best performance of the season so far. I said this in the post-match space, um, but we took the chances that, that came to us. Um, and that was the difference, you know, it was only a matter of time that was going to happen. And we spoke Ollie about over the last few weeks about feeling a little bit more loose. I felt we got that. We we unravelled a little bit. It was like you know, shrunken tin foil, just un, unwinded a little bit after the first two goals. And I think that's what gave us that impetus for that Luton Town performance in the second half to to kind of soak up any any pressure. Um, it was good to see. Uh, you know, the boys felt like they were back. You could just see from Lockyer's celebration, the smile on his face, and all that. It felt like 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 the boys were back. Were back
1: but the game could have been entirely different because it started out with Everton well on top. All their chances were from distance, though, and on another day, we could have been three down within the first 15 minutes. One in particular that stood out to me, personally, was sort of a warning shot. It was um, a diagonal ball was played in, and it looked like Bell and Pelly weren't on the same wavelength. Pelly bolted forward, leaving a massive gap in behind. And Bell was tucked right in tight to Lockyer. Um, fortunately, on that occasion, we weren't punished. The ball, um, I think it was Calvert-Lewin, had a shot. He dragged it wide of Kaminsky's post, so that was that was good. But it was a warning sign. But then we got back into the game. We started um, up into the first goal. It was our game. We were cooking Ogbene, Doughty. They were dovetailing beautifully on the left-hand side. Even Marv was progressing well up the pitch. Heli, after that early mistake, he worked really well as a foil for Marv in that double pivot role, and he could be very important for us in the absence of Lakonga. It raises all sorts of questions about what's going to happen uh, when Barkley is fit again, uh, how we, we sort of shoehorn him into the side. The set pieces, though, is where we won this game. They were really crisp, especially all of those played in from the left by Doughty. The outswingers were causing so much carnage with Lockyer and Morris getting on the ends of them every single time. And that's actually where our goal, our first goal came from. It was an outswinger. Morris rises the highest, hits the bar. The ball rolls down onto Jordan Pickford-Saurus-Rex's chest. He swipes it to Ashley Young, who controls it before clearing it, but Lockyer pounces on it. And what a goal that was. And I I tweeted at the time, it was made even better because it was Ashley Young who got mugged off on the line by Tom Lockyer. It was just, it was poetic. It was perfect. But how did you feel, Ian, about Lockyer getting that goal? Because the journey he's been on, sensational for Tommy.
2: Yeah, it was great for him, especially with the injury um, concerns pre-match and obviously the scan and everything. And obviously he came through that Um, and, and, and got a nice shiner. In this game, you know, he's always in the wars because he's always sticking his, his head on the end of everything and, and that proved the, proved the same on, on Saturday. I've, I've spoke to loads of friends over the weekend that aren't Luton Town supporters. and uh, The first thing they said is, you know, that endeavour from Luton, i.e. Uh, Tom Lockyer, to not give up on that ball. You know, it was superb, you know, and who better? For that to uh, to follow up against the nationally young, you know, uh, it was great. It's a great goal. I think I know Calum Morris's was a superb take as well. But I think quite a lot of people really enjoyed that Tom Lockyer goal. It was superb and loved his celebration as well. He he executed that knee slide to perfection.
1: He really did. Like with, with knee slides, I would never dare attempt a knee slide. I, I'd I'd snap in half. The second goal was a spectacular delivery from Doughty once again. But the movement from Morris to get the space he did on the back stick was fantastic. The way he peeled off the back of Mikolenko, The ball dropped wonderfully and it was a purely instinctive finish past Jordan Pickford. Lord knows how he's England's number one. Although it was an absolute bullet of a shot from Carlton Morris.
2: Yeah, he, he looked like he was going to take a touch as well, um, but he didn't. I think that surprised a, a few people, especially uh, Pickford. Um, Mikalenko did as soon as he peeled off as well. He did look back um, and he saw him peel off, but obviously I can't remember who he had next to. He he, he didn't lose his marker there, um, but he left him and he had so much space and he he, he literally just cushioned shot straight into the the side netting. Beautiful really well taken and it was those kind of chances that we're going to take when we're a little bit more loose um and and the confidence is high you know hopefully that'll stand in good stead against Burnley and, and Tottenham when when the chances come and it's great for for both Dowerty and um Morris got loads and loads of plaudits at the weekend
1: what was what was it like in the crowd it must have been absolute carnage
0: yeah uh honestly at this point like the the Luton away side just absolutely exploded. It was incredible to see. And it kind of just, it gave a lot of meaning to the fans, I'd say, at the end. Because the chant, obviously, we've got super Robbie Edwards. He knows exactly what we need. Like in the back, Morrison attack. It, it just kind of, it made it just all that sweeter that they were the guys that were able to get the goals for us. It was just a treat to see that kind of performance and goals from them in a game like this. So, yeah, very, very happy at that point.
1: That was also the PFA Championship Team of the Year that was announced two months ago. It was Lock here at the back, Morrison Attack. But I didn't see Robbie Edwards as manager. Then there was the Everton goal before half time, which was an absolute scramble. I've seen those not being given, and there was a long wait with VAR. To be honest, I thought it wasn't going to be given because VAR went on for about six or seven minutes. But those scrappy ones, I guess that, that shows where Everton are at the moment. They're just relying on those scrappy finishes inside the box at the moment. I guess we'll we'll have to see how they go for the, the rest of the season. Moving on, though, at half time, Burke was replaced by Anderson and Burke was feeling his groin, but he's all right for, for the game tomorrow against Burnley. Uh, Lockyer was replaced by Mengi due to taking knock to the face. Uh, I said it in in the post match space, Everton they they were all elbows, more elbows than a dinner table. It was absolutely disgraceful. That that also that one from Jared Branthwaite on Anderson, where there was no chance of getting the ball, but what he did was just sort of pull out and shoulder barge him right in the chest. Absolutely disgraceful. Don't idea, no no idea how he didn't get booked for that.
2: No, he took it like a like a trooper, didn't he? A really good performance, from both of them um they both kind of settled in well. Mengi in particular, obviously that was his Premier League debut, which has has kind of been glossed over a little bit because of our win, but I was reading an article on him today about him him saying, "Look, we need to be more grounded now we we can't be happy with the win forever. we've got to get back on and focus on this game, which is great, but he also said that you know it's been drilled into him since he's since he's arrived um there's no individuals, it's a team effort and then it's all about the team and this, that and the other. And, you know, he said he really, really responded to that. He really felt that that's what it was like. It was a family, it was a big team. And, you know, again, what what a great approach from the coaching staff and Luton um, to try and keep that. And you could see that in the performance on, on Saturday by the whole team, you know. But, yeah, great debut for Mengi. Anderson is coming on leaps and bounds. He's... He's everything we thought he would be, but sooner, I think, Anderson.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like uh, from that Premier League documentary that dropped before the season started, Anderson had a little, a little cameo in that he just seemed like such a grounded guy. He seems like such a lovely guy. And I want him to be a success here. And uh, sure, he didn't get off to the best start, but his performances just keep. Getting better and better. And with Mengi, yeah, he fills, he ticks all the boxes with our no dickheads, no passengers policy. He seems like a really humble guy, surprisingly, considering where he's come from. He's been at Man United since he was nine. So he's seen the glory years at Man United. They did really well in sort of a makeshift backline. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them as the season continues but as the game closed out it became defense versus attack in the end Everton were pushing we had some chances to break on the counter and this one was a bit weird because obviously the tactics from the bench were don't risk it it's 2-1 but there were times when Elijah was one versus two at the back and I love Elijah I back him to make something happen but it just seemed he got the ball he had space in front of him to run into and then he just drop into second gear and he was just trying to run down the clock ultimately the objective was to come back down south with the three points but i just felt for elijah there because i felt he just as the the ground you know just opened up a pathway to go opened up in front of him he, i felt he should have gone for it and he probably wanted to go for it as well like what do you reckon's in his mindset at the moment
2: it's it's a tough one that isn't it uh, because in that moment um You've got to kind of stick to the plan, try and be mature, try not to be a hero. Um, ultimately, that approach worked for us. Um, we didn't take risks and didn't get punished for it. But I don't know, it's a difficult one. You could say, oh, well, there's a glaring opportunity there. We should be able to t- be strong enough to just go and take it. But it's not as cut and dry as that, is it? Elijah will be fine this season. I know that he's obviously not been starting uh, and whatnot, but he'll come good. That's just because, obviously, they change of shape and stuff as well. But he'll he'll have a big part to play for us this season. And that's not always just trying to to for us to hold on to a lead. Um, he'll be coming on to try and affect games as well. So he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But, yeah, you, you do kind of feel he's a natural goal scorer, isn't he? So that's what he'll want to do. But he's also very good at uh, um, preserving leads for us and, and pressing and doing the defensive work that uh, we need from them boys up top.
1: Yeah, I do believe you're right. We will see more of him as the season continues. In other news, Rob Edwards dedicated that win to Mark Ledson. We obviously all know Jane. Uh, For those of you who don't know, she sang 30 Down to Zero and 30 Miles to Wembley back in 2009. Mark has been around the club since 2008, helping the club out with PR as we climbed up the leagues. He finally got his dream job uh, this summer, joining the club's media team, and it's sad that where we lost him uh, and it's sad when we lose any hatter but we lose so many over the years and uh, those that get announced by the club as well as the hundreds that don't it, it's it's really sad um, but you know it was lovely that Rob Edwards dedicated that to Mark also the club are releasing a whole series of interviews with the squad that were crowned conference champions in the 13-14 season they have released an interview of Alex Lawless which was uh, a very entertaining watch um, but Ian who are you most looking forward to from that series?
2: It'll be interesting to see if um we actually get everybody in. Obviously it'd be great to hear from the likes of Andre Grey, who were a big part of getting us promoted. Um yeah, you know, John Shaw, Mark Tyler, um them sorts of players. It'll be um, Steve McNulty. I'd love to to hear an interview with Steve McNulty. I still love him. It's a shame he's not come back in some capacity, but I don't know if his coaching is up to scratch or not. I know he's he's done some managerial stuff up there, but it's actually a great series to run, great idea, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. And a chance to listen to the Lawless one yet, but I, I, I love Alex Lawless. I think he's um, he's been another one that gets loot and that's why he's back. But yeah, them.
1: well, he he's the easy one to get hold of. They'll also be able to get Paul Benson. I hope they are able to bring back Andre Gray from Saudi Arabia because that would be interesting, especially as he played for them a lot down the road. The one I'm really looking forward to is Tinashe Chabata, who uh, was crucial in our promotion from um, the the conference that season with his two appearances against Staines (laughs) in the FA Trophy. Uh, I I can't wait to see if they manage to get him on
2: yeah can you imagine luke guttridge as well um it'd be great to see him and matt robinson who's who's obviously still playing as well um so there's a few there just a cheap tesco sandwich as well we'll have him in elliot justin uh, yeah for those not in the know but yeah that's you know it, it'll be a good series to put together because you know what a season that was out of all the promotion seasons i think that was one of my favorite you know obviously there was a lot of um Hard years in the conference, uh, tough places to go, um, cold, cold grounds. Gates had been one of them. The amount of times I went to Gateshead, it was so fucking cold. Um, and we normally lost as well. But yeah, what a season. So that, that series, it's actually a really good idea. I'm glad they've uh, started to do that.
1: Yeah, it's a really great series. I can't wait to see who they drop next. Hopefully they go further afield than just pulling in Paul Benson from the training grounds, but also. In other news, we are top of various Premier League performance metrics, which is amazing considering we played a game less than pretty much everyone in the league. Marvellous Nakamba has made the most tackles in the league with 26 ahead of Yves Bissouma. Carlton Morris has won the most aerial battles in the league with 30. That's ahead of some elite defenders. For instance, Virgil van Dijk only has won 20 aerial duels. Alfie Doughty. Wow 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 he's top of the charts for key passes per 90 minutes played he's averaging 3.7 chances created per 90 minutes the players he's ahead of he's ahead of pascal gross who's made 3.3 per 90 minutes kieran trippier and james madison both on 3.2 and phil foden on 3.1 chances created per 90 doubt he's only 23 and He's already getting some notice in the mainstream media. This could realistically be Alfie's breakout season, and I can see us cashing in on him in the summer for some serious money. Am I crazy that he could even be in line for an England call-up?
2: <laughs> you know me, I'm the most optimistic of Luton Town supporters, but I think we, we are jumping the gun ever so slightly. A fantastic player. Um, and he's coming on really, really nicely. For me, I, I think that kind of talk and that kind of pressure we should try to shield him against. You know, like you say, he is still young. Um, he's played for Ireland under twenty ones as well, hasn't he? So he's had some international camp experience away, although not, you know, uh, the 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 first team. Um, but yeah, we we certainly yeah, got some light options down that side for England. So it's certainly uh, in the environment, but, you know, it's it's a big ask, isn't it? You know, he's had a very good start. Um, we probably shouldn't jump the gun too much, but looking forward to seeing more of him in a Luton shirt than, than anything else, to be honest.
1: Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to get Gareth Southgate down to the Kenny to actually watch our team. And also, it doesn't matter if Alfie represented Ireland, uh, you know, under's. Because he wouldn't be the first person to represent England after playing for Ireland Under-21. Declan Rice, Jack Grealish. the the Irish are very salty about all that stuff, aren't they? But that was all the news from around Kenneworth Road this week. Now it's time for Discord and Telegram questions.
0: The first question is from Kvoss from Discord. They said, how do you see this win building team confidence throughout the season? Ian, I'll go to you first. I know you've spoken about this before on previous podcasts about building confidence. Yeah,
2: just for the question, I'd just like to say, I really love this segment, actually. Um, I really love, um, out of all the segments in the show, I do love Hatter or Lower, but uh, I do love the Discord questions and questions from other people because it kind of catches you off guard. I don't really know they're coming or what they are, the context are until you, you ask them. So it's really good. Um, for, it's, in terms of across the season, I don't think it's going to matter too much, but certainly in the next few games, because, you know, it can change from week to week. We've got to beat tomorrow night um, or tonight, whenever you're listening to the podcast um, against Burnley and the confidence could be down again. But I think um, it'll certainly give us confidence over the next few games that we can go out and, and score goals in the Premier League away from home and at home, um, and it'll loosen us up a bit. And that's that's all we needed, really. You know, the the underlying numbers were there. Um, we had been getting better and better in each game that we'd played. So, um, you know, that's all we need. We just need to go out and enjoy it, have some fun. Which they, they we had that in patches against Everton, and the the more we start picking up some points, because that. Because that that, that Wolves game as well, I think that helped us going into Everton, actually. But the more we pick up points, the more the confidence will grow. So not particularly just this game, the more we pick up points, the more it will grow and we'll build some serious
0: momentum with solid foundations. Ollie, anything additional to add to that one? I
1: completely agree with Ian there. Just want to say it was so important for us to pick up that win and a massive statement for the team being the first promoted team to get the maximum three points from a game. Sensational work.
0: Okay, the next question was from Andy Tinger on Discord. They said, why is Luton in the Premier League so upsetting for some people? Um, I'll probably give my thoughts on this one first. I, I feel like people in the Premier League are kind of an old boys club and they don't like new teams coming in. They've also got a bit of a sense of entitlement and they don't really tend to play nice with new people. Uh, The the bias in media and the fanship, because of all the teams that have been in the Premier League since the inception, especially the Big Six, and I'd probably say Luton is a much smaller club than most of them are used to, so it's going to be used as a target. No one really cares about our history or story that isn't kind of within our fandom. Ollie, what are, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah mate, you absolutely smashed it there. Only one bit to add. Uh the the mainstream media are constantly trying to build a narrative because the Premier League in reality is boring as fuck. At the end of the season, Man City are gonna win it. They're gonna win every single fucking trophy and they're trying to stir up storylines like it's some shitty WWE show. When in reality They just need to let the teams kick the fucking ball around. And at the end of 38 games, whoever stays up, stays up. Uh, A lot of it is based on ignorance. uh, And a lot of it is based on 14-year-old idiots who have multiple thousands of followers on Twitter who have only been following a club since they got big. Uh, for instance i said the other day if twitter was around in the 90s there'd be a load of fergie stan accounts well fuck all these people who just uh, literally sit on a couch and watch fucking football fuck them that's all i have to say
0: about that love love the passion um i'll pass the question on to you Ian. why is Luton the premier league so upsetting for some people difficult one isn't it i, I think um
2: Obviously, I think it's a, a focal minority, really. it's all Like Carly said, it's all the youngsters and, and this, that and the other that you, you hear all the bluster about uh, about Luton Town from. And all, all the old vintage supporters from, from these Premier League clubs will know what Luton are about because they've seen it and they've seen us do it. So, you know, it doesn't bother me too much. Um, one thing on that, uh, Man City can't win everything because they're out of the Carabao Cup just like us now. But um,
1: No one cares about the Carabao and, and to Cup. to be fair...
2: Yeah, well, we fucking do. We won the fucker, mate. Um, obviously it's it's pride and praise in our trophy room. Um, but you know, it's to be fair. If if I wasn't a, a Luton Town supporter, um, and I didn't have Kenilworth Road, I'd be fucking jealous as well. Uh, it's just what it is, you know. And all these supporters, you know, a, a majority of them are going to see what Luton are about this year. So, all the best to him.
0: All the best. All right, the next question is from J lock from Discord. They said Barkley and Chong both arrived into the club with a lot of fanfare, but where do they now fit into the new 3 4 3 formation Rob's implemented? They were clearly bought in for the 5 3 2 setup. Ollie?
1: I think they can still fit in. Uh, To be honest, we don't have to play a symmetrical 3 4 3. Um, I know Brown's been getting a lot of love, but for me, all, all the all the good stuff comes down from our left side from Doughty and Ogbene. um like potentially you can play like an asymmetric lopsided 3-4-3 three, three. so instead of brown you can stick barkley there so he's a bit more infield field than you get kabore on the overlaps um and it sort of causes a headache for for defenders where they don't know whether to come and pick up barkley watch for the overlap or the underlap from doughty uh, who knows? And then Chong can also play that position. Also, he can he can play out wide. He can play in the Brown role. He can play in that sort of asymmetrical false winger position that, that I was just suggesting for Barkley. The possibilities are endless. They're both very good players, and, and Rob Edwards brought them to the club. I, I don't think it's going to be a case of what happened with Nathan Jones, where he forced a load of players to play 4-3-3 with Dion Pereira, Fred Onyuddinmer um admiral muskway and then just sort of decides to throw the the tactic book out the window and then, and then start playing a back three i don't think that's gonna happen
2: okay and Ian? can't really add too much to that apart from that there will they will play their part this season for sure and i don't think we necessarily stick to the system um 100 throughout throughout the season either um i think we'll we'll have to be adaptive at points um and therefore that they they will play a part you know um both have had their their moments um but just haven't been able to get into everything because of uh for Barkley injury and 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 obviously chong's just been in and out so um they'll have their
0: times this season okay i'm gonna ask a slightly controversial question potentially that I've just come up with myself um do you feel kabore? is going to be the number one position for the right wing back role for the season. There were, in my opinion, a couple of key mistakes that were made in the Everton game. And I have seen incredible things from him in terms of the run on the right wing. But there's also been times where I've felt like we've been under a bit of threat on the overload on the right wing. Ollie, what's your thoughts? The only
1: other option there is Alfie Doughty, and I feel if we move Doughty over to the right, yes, Doughty is great wherever you put him, but you miss that link-up play with Ogbene, unless you shift Ogbene over to the right as well, but essentially, I I don't see who else can play in that position other than Kabore. Okay, Ian, any thoughts?
2: No, again, I agree. You know, he has had the odd mistake. And I know Exeter was glaringly obvious. And he had one in the first opening moments against Everton. However, he is getting incrementally better each game as we go on. And, you know, he's kind of. He doesn't have any shield from the fact that he's already been at the club for a little while. You know, Lockyer made a mistake as well. Bell made a mistake uh, against Everton. These things will happen because we're in transition. But I think he is getting stronger. He's getting stronger. The maturity in his play is is coming to the fore a little bit more now. Um, and we'll start seeing it uh, even better, Kabari. I think
0: his potential is is quite big for us. Okay. Yeah, that was just, just one off the top of my head. Um, Cool. The next question was from Pure Luton on Discord. They said, "How many points do you see us getting in this tough run-up until December?" In October, Burnley, Spurs, Forest, Villa. November, Liverpool, Man United, Crystal Palace. December, Brentford, Arsenal, Man City, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Before Christmas, A total of thirty-three points to play for. I might, I might try to simplify that question to more of which of those games do you feel Are easy wins potentially, or which of those games do you think will be draws? And I guess, what would the general point estimate of the total 33 be? Ian?
2: It's a relatively tough run. It's the Premier League, isn't it? So it's always going to be relatively tough. I think between 13 and 15 points would be my estimated uh, point intake from that run. And I think there'll be a few shocks along the way in terms of. Some of the big top six teams, shall we say, uh, or people that regard the top six teams as being the top six, um, I think there'll be some shocks in there along the way. So, uh, yeah, between thirteen and fifteen would be a, a decent return, I think.
0: Okay. Speaking of speaking of shocks, I've been speaking to my Spurs mate tonight. He said hopefully they should be putting out a slightly weakened team. They might underestimate us. Son looked slightly tired, etc. So. Who knows, maybe that would be a, a nice surprise for us. Ollie, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, if they do that, it's their error because we will be full-blooded and we will make them pay the price. Um, How many points do I see us getting in that run? I, I would say 10 to 15. The, the main thing is you've got to target, and I've, I've been very vocal about this, you've got to target all the teams that are going to be finishing 12th to 20th. Those are the games, they're all six pointers for us because if we have the three points, that other team can't get us, get can't get the three points. Um, so for me, I, I'd actually put Brentford in there as well because they've had a bit of a slow start, haven't they? Palace are in there. Forest, although they've spent a lot of money, they don't look like they've been too cohesive. Burnley, that is the the first six points that we've got coming up. We'll talk about that later. Bournemouth, because they haven't hit it off well either. Uh, yes, yeah, so I reckon 10 to 15 points there.
0: Okay, so the next question is from Phil from Telegram. He's also actually one of the writers on the We Are Luton Town substack. Uh, He said are you, meaning me and the panel, more or less confident about playing Burnley than last year? Had a decent amount of changes and we did well against them last year despite the 1-0 loss. Um, I'd say I think it's going to be a tough game because I feel like they've got a bit of a point to prove. They've had some very tough fixtures in their first few games. They've not managed to win any of the games they're always going to probably be bolstered by the fact that you know they won the league fairly comfortably last year and they came to the kenny and they managed to get four points out of it so i think it's going to be a very tough fixture but a tuesday night under the lights of the kenny is an incredibly tough fixture for any opposition so i think we're going to get a minimum of a point out of this game. Ollie. what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's an understatement to say that we did well against them. We played them off the fucking park. They only won because of a dodgy penalty, that handball against Lockyer that handed them a goal, essentially. We should have got something out of that game, a point, a win um we were sensational that game on burnley i feel they've actually become a weaker side yes they've invested heavily by making a lot of their loanies permanent they've also signed a lot of good wingers but they have lost ian matson they've lost nathan teller sure they've replaced nathan teller with kodi uh, osho who looks a proper baller, but in reality I'm, I'm more confident playing them now than i was last year because uh, yeah, Last season, they were a big fish in a little pond. They were able to play their their beautiful, expansive football. Now they do that, it's suicidal football. And I feel we've adapted to stepping up, whereas they're, they're just still trying to boss games like they were in the championship. We're not in the championship anymore.
0: And Ian? Yeah, I
2: agree with Ollie, really. Um, we should have got something from the games um, last season. And I think we'll have that in the back of our minds this season. I think um, it will that give us a little bit of confidence as well. Probably, um, certainly, as we've you know we would we, deem as having a better start this season as well. Now, having having got the win, but I think obviously we need at least a point tomorrow. I think Oli said on the on the post match space, you know, don't lose this game, and you know I agree with that. But at the same time, I think we need to get that first win at. Kenilworth Road, if we can get a win tomorrow, that puts us in a very, very good position um, from a a confidence and momentum side of things, so Rob no doubt will probably be going for the win, Um, fingers crossed we
0: can, you know, um, it's certainly one of the games we should be winning, so Okay, and finally, the last question uh, is a bit of a reprisal from last week. It's Jay Rignall from Discord. They said, last week I asked about getting three previous Luton players in. This time, I want to know which three players you would pick that have played against us to play for us in their prime. For example, you can't pick Harry Kane because we haven't played them in the league fixture. It's the same as last week, a goalkeeper or defender, midfielder and striker. Ollie, we'll start with you this time.
1: So for my goalkeeper, I'd have Aaron Ramsdale. If you cast your mind back to their AFC Wimbledon performance, they had him on loan. He was ridiculous. Yeah, it was 2-2, but it could have been 10-2 to Luton. Like Ramsdale, he, he was ridiculous. And that, that was a year I think we were running away with the league. Midfielder, I'll come back to midfielder. Striker. Jamie Vardy saw him play against us for Fleetwood you could see he had something about him there midfielder it's going to be a bit of a weird one um, because he probably hasn't even hit his prime yet I'd quite like to see Hayden Hackney play for Luton Town eventually he's this Middlesbrough lads I think he's got quite a future in the game he's a decent player
0: and Ian, same to you.
1: Are
2: we are we not allowed to to use friendlies as a uh, as an option either? No. I'm gonna cast a vote on no, you can't. Fucking bastards. That's are <laughs> that's, oh, you gonna, gonna have Ibrahimovich out of it then? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh bastard. And Crespo's out. Fucking hell. They um, said it in
1: the question see, that you can't so have Harry better. Kane. He played us in the FA Cup. Of course you're not allowed friendlies.
2: Read the rules, Ian. I would probably go with Ian Rush up top. Obviously, very good player in his time. That's uh, I'd go for Ian Rush. Theo Walcott, when he played for Southampton against us, was obviously very young at the time, but absolutely superb. Um, and then in defence, um, as much as I don't really like him as a person, as a player, he was, he was fantastic. It would be Tony Adams. So that will be my three.
1: Oh fucking hell! I, I didn't know that we could go like vintage there. My my three would get obliterated well, by your three.
2: In in fairness, in fairness, because we haven't played against very good opposition in the league over the years, then I had to go go a little bit far back. Um, apart from obviously Theo Walcott, um, who who was sublime in his time. Uh, You know, very good player and playable on his on his day. But if if it wasn't if it wasn't league, I would have gone with Theo Carriga and Ibrahimovic. I think.
1: Okay, well, in that case, I'm changing Hayden Hackney to Paul Gascoigne. But great questions as always. Thank you, Matt, and thank you to everyone for submitting them across Discord and Telegram. Matt, we'll see you again later. Now let's talk about some of the monthly giveaways from our sponsors. Beard Surgeon Beard Oil comes in the set with a wide selection of scented oils and moisturiser that you can use together. Unlike other beard oil companies, Beard Surgeon used cannabis sativa seed oil as a key ingredient, which supports the skin barrier, strengthens your hair follicles, keeps inflammation at bay, and minimises breakouts on your skin. It also makes your beard feel and smell excellent. We have a beard oil set to give away this month, which you can check out on our socials. You can also get 15% off on your purchase on Beard Surgeon Oils through their website using the code WALT15. We have also teamed up with Blackstar Amplification and as our audio partner, we are giving away a Bluetooth Fly3 amp every month for the season. These Fly3s sound great. They are also lightweight. They connect to anything from phones to guitars. So even if you're not a musician, you have a boombox wherever you go. Keep an eye on our socials as we have lots of giveaways going on through the month. But, Ian, why is this podcast different from all other podcasts?
2: I don't know, Ollie. Why is this podcast different from all other podcasts?
1: Because there's a joke in here.
0: One day, Einstein was attending one of many science conferences. He turns to his driver and sighs. I hate doing these. I've done so many. I always end up saying the same thing over and over. The driver, who looked rather similar to him, replied, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know nothing about science, but after attending your show so many times, I could definitely give that speech. Einstein, with great enthusiasm, sat up and shouted, That's a great idea. We can switch clothes. You give my speech, I'll watch from the crowd. So before going in, they switch clothes. The driver goes to get ready on stage, while Einstein takes a seat at the back. Only problem is, in the crowd was a budding young scientist that was hoping to impress his peers. They asking a question, Einstein. A very difficult question, this was. Part of the way into the speech, the scientist eagerly stands up and interrupts the speech to ask his question to who they believe is Einstein. The driver turns to the young scientist, looks him dead in the eye, and says, "Sir, that question's so easy to answer. I'll let my driver answer it for me."
2: <laughs> Great. Um, that, I always always give a review of 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 Joe Kinnear, so I think uh, we'll go a, a bit stronger than last week with a with a seven point nine, uh, and that's a high score.
1: That's solid. It's
2: better
0: than Ollie's four out of ten. Credit where credit's due. That was uh, Jay Rignall back once again with an incredible joke for us all.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. And thank you to Jay Rignall for supplying Matt with the jokes. Um, Now, let's look ahead to our next fixture against Burnley. Now, coming off the back of a whim, we need to tread carefully here. Burnley have had an awful start to the season, having played so many of the big teams. It's almost as if the fixture computer saw Vincent Company listed as a manager and thought, yeah, okay, they'll be fine. Let's give them a proper baptism of fire. So far, they've had Man City, Villa under Unai Emery, Tottenham, who revitalized Forrest, who, yeah, it was Forrest, Man United and Newcastle. So it's a tough start for them. But how do we avoid falling into that pit of following up a good performance at Everton with a below par performance against Burnley?
2: I don't, I, you know, I, there won't be any complacency. Um, the, they will attack each game as it comes, and I think that, um, to be fair, I have have Burnley had a harder start than us? Um, I'm not sure they yes, have. Yes, I think they have. Um, uh, yeah, not for me, but um, I think we've had a pretty tough start. Um, I know they've had Man City and the likes, but um, I think in terms of the game for us, I think we just need to, you know, uh, approach it the same way we always do. There, there won't be any complacency; they'll they'll have forgotten about Saturday by now, and and we'll go about it the right way. Um, and hopefully, that's a win. I think it'll be actually a, a a very good game because I think both teams will be going for the win. It'll be, it'll be quite feisty.
1: Are you both feeling optimistic about the Burnley game? Can we grab three points and shoot up to seven points on the board? One
2: hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think, like we said earlier, um, anything but a loss will be a, a decent result. You know, another point on the board would be, you know, an up to five is still decent, which is bordering half of what Derby's total was. I know people keep going on about that, but
0: but yeah, hundred percent, we can get a, can get a win. And Matthew? Based on uh, hearing the news earlier today that Lockyer is going to be back in the team for tomorrow night, I think it's wholly within our power to win this game. I mean, a Tuesday night under the lights at the Kenny, it's an incredibly oppressive situation for any team that's going to be coming there. So, yeah, I think as a minimum, we're going to get one point out of this game. I have predicted... To my friends, I know. I know we don't do match predictions. Sorry for this. I've predicted to my friends that we are we are going to get a nice one nil win in this game.
2: Ah, oh, you fucked it now, Matt. You fucked it now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I know I just said that, but you know, I think it's worth noting as well. This uh, this will be a harder game than Everton. I feel. Um, I know, obviously, Everton have started better than Burnley, but I think over the course of the season, Burnley will be higher than Everton. So, you know, it will be a tough game, a tougher game than Everton for me. Uh, But we've we've got it in us to get a result.
1: Don't worry about Matt making that prediction because on the Discord Prediction League, I predicted a heavy Luton loss, which works when I predicted a heavy Everton loss. So whenever I predict Luton to lose, we win. So don't worry about any jinxing that Matt is doing. Forget the hoodoo. But we will never do score predictions Uh. on this pod, apart from Matthew, because we are very superstitious. Let's wrap up this pod with a game of Hatter or Lower. This week on Hatter or Lower, we are joined by yet another very special guest. A warm welcome to the pod, one half of the graphic bomb, Darren Gillick. How are you getting on today, Darren? Really good, mate. I'm in a really good place, yeah. That's good to hear. Um, I've got to ask you about your artwork, because you are, without a doubt, the Graphic Bomb are my favourite artwork producers focusing on Luton Town. So what inspires you to create the artwork that you create for Luton? And they're just such wonderful pieces.
3: Talk to me about that. Oh, thanks, man uh oh, we're we're very neat. I think it's because I am a massive Luton fan, I think uh, me and John John's more of a united slash follows for a Green a, a little bit as well. Um, but I've dragged his ass around the country, watching Luton games like conference and whatever league we we've ever been in, really to be honest. So he's kind of by osmosis, I guess, a, a Luton fan. Um But in terms of creating them, we just, with our artwork, we've always wanted to create something that's a bit more uh, special and a bit off the beaten track kind of thing. Like you get the usual stuff, which is kind of run the mill and then you see it processed a thousand times kind of thing. Whereas I think what we do is we do something, take an idea and try and make it quite niche and do it in the style that myself and John have got.
1: Yeah, and a style as well. I've actually got one of your Kenilworth Road pieces hanging up in my kitchen. Yeah, you, you got to get on that and 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 paint all the the new changes that have happened at Kenilworth Road.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need a yeah. version two, definitely. Just to do that new stand. I'm gonna be hopefully sitting in it for the Spurs game. The new stand, so well, new old slash new. I don't know. So <laughs> hopefully, I'll be able to sneak a couple of pictures and inspire myself for the next version
1: oh that's great well yeah the bob is, is without a doubt probably the best view in the stadium i was lucky enough to sit in the exec boxes once the day before my wedding so darren i love your artwork can you tell us where people can get your pieces from
3: well basically you can find us on twitter which is uh, the graphic bomb And then also we've got Etsy, which has a number of bits in it at the moment. um, which We'll be getting new stuff as well, hopefully, in the near future. And that's just the graphic bomb as well on that one. Um, And yeah, we hope to share loads more artwork with Luton fans in the future. So what was your earliest memory of Luton Town? I think it must have been probably early, well, mid '90s. Um, I, I went to my first ever game, which was 1990. So just literally after all the winning the League Cup and everything. But um, I think taking mates, like with my parents, taking my, me and my mates uh, in the mid-90s when we weren't that great. <laughs> Apart from obviously the Cup run. Um, it it was the first game I ever went to. It was uh, I think it was against Coventry because my uncle's Coventry fan. Um, but I think he works for Bedford, uh, the company, so he managed to get um, tickets. And just from then, I was just, the sights, the smells of just being in the Kenny, just uh, just amazing. And like, ever since then, I was just like, right, well, I'm a living fan, that's it. Game over, for better, for worse. Um, and yeah, it just went from there, really. And as you grow up, you realise you're not supporting <laughs> one of the, the biggest sides when you're getting your Luton kit on Christmas Day and everyone's coming out and then United. You're <laughs> <Obviously laughs> like, oh, <laughs> what about collectors? <laughs> but yeah, um, fiercely loyal. So I was uh, never going to switch ever. So there you go.
1: Oh top man. And so, who is your favourite Luton Town player of all time?
3: This, this is a really tricky one because obviously you go through different cycles of your life and therefore whatever team you're watching as well, you have relationships to that. I think, I remember when I started out and I wanted to be like, um, when I played as well, I wanted to be like um, Graham Alexander. I don't know why, I just really wanted to be either him or Julian James. (laughs) That was the kind of style of player I wanted to be. So I think it's a tricky one because I think my favourite kind of season has got to be when we were like backs against the wall in like 2004-05. Um, so I'd have to say someone like Almec um he's, he's got to be up there. I've, I was lucky enough to be at the Leicester game away when he scored that overhead kick from a corner and it was just incredible. Like it, it was even more incredible because um, I went with my girlfriend at the time. who was a Leicester fan, and she had to come in the away end with me. Um, so she wasn't too happy with that, but um, yeah, she got over it.
1: Yeah, that Leicester game, absolutely so, yeah, so- everyone lost their shit mm. when Burko scored that goal. Everyone except Mike Newell. So if you watch it back, you'll just see Mike Newell just sort of <laughs> leaning up against the dugout. So who's your favourite player from the
3: current squad? I mean, kind of an interesting time isn't it because of um the turnover in the summer there is there's a couple and like my eight-year-old will probably um be a uh, really be a bit of an influence on this actually i think i'm going to go with ogbenny i'll say that because um i've been following him a little while um we uh did some work with rotherham uh before and Speaking to the media guys, there like they were always like he's a really he's a class act, like behind the scenes as well as well as being on the pitch. So I'd probably have to say him because I'm most excited about seeing him this season as well. And from what I've seen this so far this season, so I think current squads he really excites me going forward. And I think he'll be hopefully turn into a bit of a looting legend. <laughs> Do I say that?
1: yeah well certainly if we stay up like chio has become an instant fan favorite it also helps he's the fastest player in the premier league this season but darren are you ready to play some hatter or lower
3: yeah go on then yeah yeah go on i'll give it a go
1: top man well hatter or lower is powered by hatter's heritage a website that does the important job of preserving the history of our club they always need volunteers and you can check them out at hatter's heritage dot code uk or get in touch by googling hatters heritage and that's exactly what i've done to get the names and appearance totals for 20 hatters and then i ask who played more player a or player b the contender then has to guess who made more appearances for the hatters and try and get as high up on our leaderboard as possible which you can check out on our website it's now time to play hatter or lower and this week's contender is Darren Gillick of the Graphic Bomb?
3: How are the nerves? Ooh, I don't know. I've done again. Like I was, I was listening to laughing. and he was like, hey, "I've done no research," or nothing. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the same. I'm in the same boat." Well, uh, you can't crossed. do worse
1: than Phil. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Sorry, Phil. No, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'll start you off nice and easy. Okay. Who play more? Okay. Keith Keane or Ahmet Berkovich? Think of Keith Keane. Correct. Keith Keane played 285 times for Luton Town. Ahmet Berkovich, 223.
3: One and one. Do you just
1: want to stop right there?
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Call it up. I think Berko was on the brain then. And I was just. Yeah, Keane has just been with us. He's such a stalwart, wasn't he, for ages? What a player! Like, great guy. I remember once him knocking the guttering off (laughs) the. Yeah, a
1: great shot that was. Hammered it, hammered it just below the scoreboard, and the guttering fell down, and then the game had to stop for 20 minutes for someone to reattach it or pull it down. I can't quite remember. (laughs)
3: I think he tried tried to do something with it, and then he gave up and just yanked it. (laughs) Who played more?
1: Fred Murray or Stephen O'Donnell? I'm going to say O'Donnell. Incorrect. Fred Murray played 79 times for Luton Town. Stephen O'Donnell, 72.
3: It was a tight one. Mm. I can't quite remember. Fred Murray that much like through his season. I really no. like Fred Murray. <laughs>
1: he he was like a no frills um fullback. He got the job done. Who played more? Ollie Lee or Elliot Lee.
3: Oh no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ollie Lee.
1: Incorrect. Ollie Lee played 123 times for Luton Town. Elliot Lee, 124. That was a tough bastard of a question.
3: (laughs) I thought it was one of those like uh, tricky ones because obviously he stopped a lot longer, but I thought it was going to be one of those red herring ones. That well, Elliot tight. Lee was
1: at the club for oh. another three seasons after Ollie left, but only yeah. played one more game. Did he go straight to Hearts, Ollie oh, really? Lee? He did. Yeah. He didn't re-up with oh. us and he left for Hearts. Whereas Elliot Lee sort of hung around, uh, had a couple of loans, couldn't oh. get back in under Graham Jones. And then eventually mm. left when his contract ran out. I not. Oh, yeah. The Stardom, Disney Plus and all that shite. The greatest fairy tale in English football. Who played more? Paul McVeigh or Danny Crowe?
3: I remember McVeigh because I think I was at an away game versus... must have been Wickham when he scored at Wickham once. And I don't... I think I remember then he played hardly ever <laughs> so i'm gonna say uh crow correct
1: paul mcveigh played 53 <coughs> times for luton town danny crow 70 times next up who played more enoch shawomny or jack marriott
3: i think is kind of deceptive because like people. See him as like a character and a bit of like they joke a little bit, don't they? Bless him. But I think he actually played quite a few. Uh I also have one of his shirts. <laughs> An it original Enoch Swomney shirt. Sadly. Um and I'm gonna go with Shawomney. Correct.
1: Enoch Shawomney played hundred and fourteen times for Luton Town. Jack Marriott Ninety one. You were right to go with yeah. your your heart over your head yeah. there. Who played more,
3: Acer Hall, or Carlos Edwards? Oh, oh, uh, Carlos Edwards. I loved him as a player. Again, another player like I kind of wanted to be like, wanted style, style of play and stuff, and just so calm. Um, Acer Hall. He played for Oxford afterwards, didn't he? Oh, this one's going to be tight. I'm going to say uh, Asa Hall. Correct. Asa
1: Hall played 89 times for Luton Town. Carlos Edwards, 74. Well done. Yeah, that was we a time sold
3: mark. him. We sold him pretty sharply, didn't we? We went, He sold him to Sunderland? Was it?
1: We, we did, out. yes. Uh, we needed money, yeah. money in the in the coffers at that point. Yeah, yeah him and Vine and. Yeah. Who played more, Calvin Andrew or Adam Newton?
3: Oh, good old Adam Newton. See, I just remember Calvin Andrew is a bit not like a main guy, so he was always coming on, but Wooden Newton started more in the conference. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Newton and take the risk.
1: Incorrect. Calvin Andrew played 67 times for Luton Town. Adam Newton, 66. Again, a tight one. Oh,
3: didn't score that many, did he, Calvin Andrew? <laughs> no. He?
1: And some, somehow he, he, I think no. he, he might even still be playing. At like forty years old. Yeah. Don't know how he's made a career out of not scoring goals. (laughs)
3: I'm I'm not knocking forty year olds playing football because I still do, so
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, but somehow Calvin Andrew's still playing as a professional.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not suggesting my level of play is (laughs) near a (laughs) professional. Who played more? Harry Cornick
1: or Steve Howard?
3: I, th- I think I love big Stevie H and again he he went to uh, Leicester so my wife uh, loved him, loved him for a bit as well. Being a, being a big Leicester fan, um, I'm going to go with Stevie H. Incorrect. Harry Cornick
1: played 235 times for Luton Town, Steve Howard 228.
3: He had loads more goals, though, surely from Howard.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he could actually finish, unlike Harry Cornick. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: Next up, the battle of the right backs. Who played more, Ronnie Henry or Jack Stacey?
3: Oh, Ronnie Henry. In my head, he's, he's played in more seasons, Ronnie Henry. Um, where is Jack? But then Jack? Stacey used to play over Justin, didn't he, really? Most of the time. Uh, I'm going to go for Ronnie Henry.
1: Incorrect. Ronnie Henry played 87 times for Luton Town. Jack Stacey, 95.
3: Ooh, that's big on that one. Uh, this is thing. When you watch this thing or you listen to this, you like you look at the two graphics coming up and you're like, ah, oh, it's easily that one <laughs> <laughs> And then when you're doing it, it's not the
1: <laughs> Who played more? Adam Boyd or Luke Gambin.
3: I think I definitely remember watching Adam Boyd and it's him just like falling over, I think once or twice. And like the whole homestand just laughing, essentially but three gritted teeth that we'd spent so much money on him. Um, it's such a shame he he, was, he tanked so much. I've got like a, a Hartley Paul fan in, in the family and he was always saying that how good he was. And then when he came and obviously <laughs> that, that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to say Gambon
1: correct adam boyd played 23 times for luton town luke gambin 38 well darren you have done so well there you are nestled in in the middle of our leaderboard with five out of ten spectacular effort well Well done
3: i'm very surprised (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how i've done that but (laughs) uh
1: absolutely yeah, smash that. that definitely yeah well you know it's better than being amongst the four out of tens the five out of tens is the place to be yeah it really is you got good company there
3: yeah i did see ian's name i think i on five, so i was like that that was my target but um <laughs> i didn't think i'd get there
1: don't worry we'll put
3: you just Brilliant.
1: above ian on the leaderboard that's us done for this week. You can listen back to our post match phone ins across all podcast providers and our YouTube. Please check out our socials. We are Loose in town on Facebook. We are Loose in town on Twitter. The Walt Podcast on Twitter. We are also on TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Discord, and Reddit. You can find all of these on our website weareloosentown.co.uk follow across all socials to be involved in monthly giveaways including beard surgeon beard oils black life three amps and loosened town shirts thank you all for tuning in come on you hatters
3: sports social podcast network